0: Good evening everybody, this is Double Take Around the MLB Edition on WCHC Sports Radio 88.1 FM. I'm your co-host Robbie Johnson and right beside me here is my identical twin brother Tommy Johnson. This is our first podcast ever for the sports radio station so we are fired up to be here. Tommy, how are we feeling today? Feeling amazing, so happy to be going over some baseball. It's heating up right now, postseason races, looking forward to explaining all this stuff tonight. Exactly. And this is a later podcast. We're approaching the midnight hour right now, uh, competing with Scott Van Pelt. He's got nothing on this podcast tonight. Again, we're really fired up to be here. So uh, we'll jump right into it. So for about the next 30 minutes or so, we're going to go around the MLB and update you on everything you need to know. It's the last week of the MLB 2022 regular season. So there is a lot to talk about. Let's, let's just start off with some highlights from yesterday's contests. And of course, since Tommy and I are Yankee fans, we're going to start off with the Yankees Blue Jays game tonight. It was a very competitive ball game. The Yankees riding a seven game winning streak. We're knotted up at two going into the bottom of the 10th, but Vladdy Guerrero walked it off with an RBI single to left field. He brought in the runner from second base. Uh, so the Blue Jays win by a final score of three to two, snapping that Yankees seven game winning streak. And, of course, for the Yankees, Aaron Judge, looking to tie the AL home run record at 61, was unable to do tonight. And some may think that was, this was a an off game for him, but he went one for three, uh, walked twice, scored a run, um, got struck out twice. Uh, he was chasing some pitches out of the zone. They were really throwing a lot of off speed to him, dancing around him. So wasn't able to hit number 61 tonight. So Tommy, uh, what do you like about Judge's approach at the plate tonight? And do you think he was sort of forcing it up at the plate? I just think they were pitching him on the corners tonight. They were really trying to nibble the slider on the outside, and a lot of the uh, pitchers in the bull- back end of the bullpen for the Blue Jays threw some really tight sliders, and they were just hard to lay off. But otherwise, in his two at bats that he reached, not counting the intentional walk, he had really good discipline, waiting for his pitch, and he just does such a good job of taking the ball the other way as he showed on that 113 mile an hour single in the first inning exactly and again this is considered a bad game for judge he still got on base three times i mean the strikeout was a little you know he struck out a little bit more than he usually does but again still one of the more important parts of this yankees lineup uh, Anthony Rizzo also had a good game at the plate, went 2-4 for four for the Yankees as well. Uh, Gleyber Torres went 1-3 for three with a sack fly and an RBI. Um, so, I mean, you just throw this one, um, put in the rearview mirror, get back out there, try and win again tomorrow. And this Blue Jays team is on fire right now. They've won two of their last three. Um, they took two out of three against the Tampa Bay Rays. And they took three out of five against them too last week as well. So the Toronto Blue Jays are playing really good baseball right now. What do you like about this ball club, Tom? I really love their offense. They definitely have one of the best power hitting teams in baseball. Top end of the lineup with Bichette. You have Guerrero Jr. You have Teoscar Hernandez. Really good individual power hitters. And they're able to balance out that lineup so well. I really like their chances at driving in runners in the playoffs. And again, there's a reason why they're in second place, though, I mean, they had their manager fired in the middle of the year, and they're still not playing like absolutely amazing right now, a little bit better of late. In your opinion, what are the weaknesses of this ball club and what can be exploited going into the postseason? I definitely think the back end of their starting rotation is their weak point. Other than and Gossman, they are two world-class pitchers this year. They really don't have many pitchers to go into later in the series. I think that's going to really hurt them in longer series, especially five games. They could definitely get away with it in a three-game series, but even five, I just don't see them being able to win a series. And again, we've seen the offense be inconsistent too for having all those power guys in the lineup with Bo Bichette. Being inconsistent has caught on fire a little bit of late though he had a stint a week or two ago where he hit six home runs in seven games Um, but other than that this Blue Jays team is they've been on a roller coaster ride all year long it's going to be interesting to see which team shows up um, coming to October Uh, but a good sign for the Yankees today Severino had another solid start going four innings giving up two earned runs three hits four strikeouts he walked three batters, which isn't ideal, but again, it was good to see him throw again today. Fastball velocity was up a little bit more as well. What would you like from his start? Just what you said right there, his velocity's back up into the high 90s. That's where we're accustomed to seeing Severino all the time and just getting the feel for his pitches again. That's what you want to see out of him going into the postseason. I really like where he's at. I think Boone is being very cautious, which is good, and then once we get into postseason play, we'll see him go deep into games like he's always done for the Yankees. Exactly. I mean, you know, he might end up being a bullpen piece at this point. We'll see what happens, whether they decide to pitch him in a Game 3 situation. Again, that'll be up to Boone in the next week or two. Um, But Not a lot to complain about for the bullpen as well tonight. They only gave up pretty much one run, and that one run was with the California runner on second base in the 10th inning. I mean, Clay Holmes, a shutout inning as well. It was good to see him throw the ball well. What's it going to take for this Yankee bullpen to really produce uh, down the stretch and help them make a run in October? I think Aaron Boone his decision-making is going to be a huge part of this postseason because other than Clay Holmes, no one in this bullpen has really solidified themselves in a a mid-reliever rotation spot or an end-reliever rotation spot. So I think it's just going to be really interesting what roles Boone finds for these guys because, as we all know, once a player knows their role more clearly, it helps them perform. So it's going to be really interesting to see how he mixes and matches between the 6th, 7th, 8th innings of games when you see in the MLB a lot more starting pitchers are being pulled earlier in the game so it's going to be really interesting to see how that develops It's a really interesting point that you bring up there Tommy, especially guys like Scott Efros he's been called on to close games he's coming in in the 8th and sometimes in the 6th inning as well so all these guys have got to be ready to come through in any situation so um, Aaron Boone like you said He's going to be the man of October. They're going to ride or die on his decisions, I think. And, of course, they're going to need Aaron Judge to be Aaron Judge. Uh, So, again, this was a tough loss, but hopefully they bounce back tomorrow. Um, Obviously, as you can tell, we are very big Yankee fans. And we will get to the Red Sox game soon. But right now, the Atlanta Braves defeated the Washington Nationals tonight by a final score of 8-0. Matt Olsen hitting a two-run shot, number 29 on the year. And Marcelo Zuna also hitting a solo shot. He hit number 22 on the season. And, of course, Bryce Elder, the rookie right-hander for the Atlanta Braves. A complete game shutout. Six hits. Six strikeouts, only one walk. I mean, what'd you like from his performance, Tom? He was just outstanding. I think his sinker is just a godly pitch when it's on. It The velocity's not up there, but it just reminds me of the likes of Tom Glavin or uh, Greg Maddox and how much it moves, and it fools the hitter so much hitters expect it the righties they expect it to be way outside in the other batter's box but it just comes right over the middle of the plate and hitters are just frozen it's an unbelievable pitch I've never seen so much movement on horizontal movement on a pitch like that and it was just really fun to see it helped him set up his other off speed and he just was on point tonight exactly and granted it was against the washington nationals ball club which is probably the worst team in the mlb but still for a rookie to go into a start like that on the road and produce i mean it was just unbelievable to watch and the rookies for this atlanta brave squad have just been unbelievable all season long i mean the outfielder harris for them he's just mashed the baseball for them played incredible defense out in center field and then of course spencer strider I mean, he's been superb all year long, the right-hander. I mean, he's going to be a Rookie of the Year candidate. Uh, the Braves, 73-31 and 31 since the month of June. They really got off to a tough start. Um, who do you like out of the NL East? Uh, the Atlanta Braves or the New York Mets? In my opinion, I still think it is the Mets because of their top two starters in DeGrom and Scherzer. I think those two at the top of their game You cannot beat a game one and two tandem other than those two. It's just I don't see it happening. As good as the Braves are collectively, I just think the Mets match up well against any other team in the NL East and also beyond in the whole NL going into the World Series. I think the Dodgers are going to have their hands full if they have to face them. It's just going to be a really really special year, I think, for the Mets. I think they're destined for a run. You think so? Do you think they beat the Dodgers in the NLCS, That's my bold prediction. I think the Mets are going to the World Series, simply because the Dodgers always find a way to choke. I mean, they have the most talented roster in the MLB this year, but I just think, in a playoff series, the Mets have the slightly better pitching, and that's always the difference maker, in my opinion. I mean, those are really good points. At the beginning of the year, I picked the Braves to win this NL East. I mean, despite the pitching that the New York Mets have, and again, they've made really good additions to their lineup. Guys like Mark Canna, they've been crushing the baseball of late. Starling Marte, when he's healthy, he's performing well. And Adam Ottavino, as well out of the bullpen has been really good for the Mets this season. But I'm just going to stick with the Atlanta Braves. I don't want to give up on them now. They're only a half game back. I'm going to stick with that pick. I still think they're a really good baseball team, and they've proven that in the second half of the year. So that's going to be a really exciting division to watch in this last week of the regular season. And then, of course, let's go to the Baltimore Orioles and Boston Red Sox game. This game currently in the bottom of the ninth, about to go final, and the Baltimore Orioles beating the Boston Red Sox by a score of 14-8. to I mean, what a magical season it's been for the O's. Um, everybody thought they would probably have 110 losses this year not even exaggerating but they're 79 and 73 in fourth place only four games back of that final wild card an outside shot at a playoff appearance I mean what has made this team so amazing this year Tom it's just the turnover in their roster I believe that just the fact that their younger guys are coming up these guys that were supposed to turn the roster around I think now that they're here that's just jolting a a new energy in the team. I think just the presence of Adley Rutschman, Gunnar Henderson, and other individuals that have come up from the minors. These guys are ready. They're ready to dominate, and they've balled out so far. It's just as simple as that. They're already ready to take on the AL East, the toughest toughest division in baseball, and they just don't look phased. This is going to be a really tough team for the next five years. I agree, and again. Brandon Hyde has been through some very difficult years with this Baltimore Orioles organization, losing 100-plus games. I mean, normally managers, after a few years of losing 100 games, would get the can, but, I mean, obviously this Orioles team, this organization had trust in Hyde in the future of this organization as well. So just to have this plan and see it really become successful right now Hyde's got to feel good. I would really be shocked if he didn't get AL Manager of the Year at this point. He's been unbelievable, and again, like you said, the rookies. Adley Rutschman, I think that's when the Orioles started to really play well. I mean, he is a general back there, and he's not putting up gaudy stats right now, but he's just managing the game really well, coming up with key hits for this ball club, and I think down the road, he's going to show off power. He's going to be like a you know, Buster Posey in the future, and he hits from both sides of the plate. I mean, what do you like most about his game, the defense or the offense? I think the offense, the versatility he brings, being able to go in on any day, face any pitcher at any time, and just the power he has, the extension he has in the swing, be able to hit to all fields from both sides of the plate. He's just unmatched. I think he's gonna be a generational talent. A hundred percent I would not worry about him. No, not at all. The Orioles are in very good hands. The Red Sox, not so much. I mean, and it's not like the Red Sox are playing terrible baseball right now. They came off a four-game series against the Yankees. They got swept, but they were all really competitive baseball games. It was just the defensive blunders that they had. That's been the story of the year. Probably one of the worst defensive teams I've ever seen in my life. Joe Barbieri, our roommate, listening to us as we're talking about it. He's a Red Sox fan. Uh, Rest in peace, Joe, over there. I mean, this Red Sox defense, I mean, I've just never seen it. Basic pop-ups in the air, losing it in the lights, clanking off their gloves, ground balls going through the wickets. I've just never seen anything like it. Like, why have the Red Sox, when they made these acquisitions in the offseason, why have they struggled so much this year? The injury bug has killed them this year. With the likes of Trevor Story and other guys, they just have not been able to have their full nine guys on the field and have their starting pitchers... Healthy, I think if Chris Sale was healthy, I think this team would be a playoff-caliber team, hands down. They have the talent. This is a similar team as the last year who made the ALCS run and came two games away from going to the World Series. I think it just came down to having their team together the entire year, and that's what happens to certain teams. I mean, and they just were the one. They were the culprit this year. Yeah, that's really true. I mean, the one thing Boston can say is that they wore down the Yankees' team this past weekend despite losing all four games they made it really competitive if they just played better defense they probably would have split the series and honestly that's probably why the Yankees um, they looked a little fatigued tonight at the plate that's probably why they dropped this game to Toronto Boston played them really well but again that defense is a problem and they need to look at that moving forward but again not much action going on tonight the other baseball game we have for you uh, Final score update, the Pittsburgh Pirates defeating the Cincinnati Reds by a final score of 8-3. to uh, The battle of the Toilet Bowl teams right there. Uh, both teams near the cellar in the NL Central right now, so not much to talk about there. Uh, again, your final score, Pittsburgh 8, Cincinnati 3. Uh, so with that, those are the scores around the league, a really, really light Monday night. And now we're going to get into into some debates right now. Tommy and I are ready for this. We're ready to disagree with each other and go at it. Um, we sort of got into this first debate already, so we're excited to talk about it more. Mets versus Braves. Who's winning the NL East? Yeah, like I already said, I believe the Mets have it this year. I think they're just on that destined run. Everything is clicking for them. I believe even with their injuries, Scherzer has been banged up a little bit, but he'll be ready for the postseason. He's a warrior, and I think this is a team that – really sells into the bat on ball movement they're able to make sure that they put the ball in play and make things happen they're not like other teams trying to hit the ball 450 feet every time they swing the bat they've sold into buck Showalter's old school style of play and i i, I think he's just made all the difference in the world man managing and he his managing strategies are gonna really help them going into the playoffs No, I get that. But also with Atlanta's lineup, they have like a more potent lineup in my opinion. And they can hit DeGrom. They've sort of roughed him up in a couple starts this year. And that's why my main concern with the Mets is like the Braves can hit anybody. They're not afraid of any pitcher in the MLB. This lineup is really dangerous. I mean, do you think that's enough for the Atlanta Braves to get by the Mets? Because they also have solid pitching. Or do you just think this uh, these rookies aren't going to produce as much when October comes along? I just got to trust the veteran leadership on the Mets. They have guys who have been there before with guys who have performed in the regular season before. I think they just have a lot more going for... I, I just Spencer Strider, he's an unbelievable talent, will likely be NL Rookie of the Year, but I just don't know how he's going to react to being in his first postseason. I think his starts this year this postseason are going to be very important I think because we know that Max Fried's been there before we know he's going to bring it and also Kyle Wright he doesn't have that much experience as well he's had an unbelievable regular season but will those guys be ready to go into away territories go into the Mets or go into the Dodgers those intense intense road crowds it's going to be interesting to see definitely I guess we'll have to agree to disagree right there I mean, it's going to be a really tight race the last week, and if they end up meeting in the playoffs too, that's going to be really fun to watch. Uh, it's unlikely to happen with based on what the brackets look like right now, but anything can happen at this point. Another little debate we'll get into right now, the Toronto Blue Jays versus the Tampa Bay Rays. Who's going to come out with the number one wild card or in second place for the AL East? I think Toronto. I just think Tampa, they're inabilities to have a consistent solid lineup offensive lineup has really plagued them this year. They still are operating at a decent level because of the unbelievable job that Kevin Cash does as a manager. Being able to he knows his lineups well. He's able to put their team in the best spot to win. And also their pitching rotation, they always breed these really low-key, underrated uh, pitchers, Shane McClanahan has really morphed into an amazing pitcher this year. And I think their starting rotation is going to be a problem in the playoffs. I just think if you get a few runs on the board against them, it's gonna they're going to have a tough time coming back. Nah, for sure. And hopefully with the acquisition of Tyler Glass now, that's going to help them out really you know really greatly it's going to be tough for this Tampa Bay team I think I agree with you there offensively I think the Blue Jays are going to take second place right now they definitely have an easier schedule um, this last week of the regular season the Tampa Bay Rays are in Cleveland the next three days um, and then this weekend series they're at Houston Um, that's going to be a very difficult three-game set and then to round out the year they're at Boston so Tampa Bay's got a daunting schedule to finish out the year. I think based off that alone, you've got to give Toronto second place in the AL East, and they'll probably have that number one wild card. And likely, these two teams are going to play each other, and home field advantage has been crucial in this matchup. Yeah, don't count out Seattle, but I think right now those are the two of the better three teams in the wild card spots right now. And this is the next debate, too. I mean, because like you said, Seattle's only a half game back of Tampa Bay for that second wild card. Um, Both Tampa Bay and Seattle likely to get into the playoffs. Baltimore would need to get really hot, and one of those teams would have to have an epic collapse for the Orioles to get into the postseason. But who do you think gets that second wild card, Tampa Bay or the Seattle Mariners? That's a tough one. I really feel like if anyone's going to slide down, to the bottom. I think it is Tampa. I'm going to go with Seattle. I think Seattle is going to move up to that five spot. I think their schedule bodes a lot better for them having to play at home against the Rangers and home against the Athletics. I think that's just a very manageable schedule. And then finishing out the season against Detroit. Those are three of the worst teams in the American League. That's a golden opportunity to win six, seven, eight games to finish out the year. And I think that alone is going to really help them It's not that they're a better team necessarily than Tampa. I just think right now their schedule works out super well. Jeez, I did not want to agree with you this much, Tom. I don't know why we do this right now. We're usually always going neck and neck. I mean, I'm sort of shocked we're agreeing this much. But, yeah, I've got to say the Mariners at this point, I really like their starting pitching. Um, I think their lineup is sort of coming alive right now. They've had a great second half. And the acquisition, excuse me, the acquisition of Luis Castillo is huge for this ball club. I mean, I think they're a better team than Tampa Bay, especially, like you said, the offensive troubles that the Rays have. So I think that Blue Jays-Mariners wildcard matchup best of three is going to be really fun to watch. Um, so that'll be really cool to see how the wildcard standings in the AL shape up. And we'll also talk about the NL wildcard race quickly. Um, the wild card standings, those are even tighter right now, too, with the Brewers breathing down the Philadelphia Phillies' neck at this point. I mean, how do you think the wild card standings in the National League are going to shake out, Tom? Oh, I really hate to say this because I was really pulling for the Phillies to make it this year. I think uh, firing Joe Girardi was the right move. Joe Girardi was the right guy for the team. It's just, it was bad timing, and I think this team is not an old school managerial type team. They have younger players who are used to playing with more uh, player managers. So I think this team has benefited from the exchange to having younger coaching as a result. But I think I'm going to go with the Brewers. I just think their starting pitching is going to carry them to a better finish down the stretch and – I just don't believe the Phillies can do any damage in the playoffs, although they have a pretty easy schedule in two of their last three series, playing at Chicago and in D.C., but then they have to play the Astros, and I think that's just going to be an absolutely brutal way to finish the year. And if the Brewers are within a game, or even two of the, the Phillies in that scenario, I think the Brewers take it, that last spot. I mean, you've got some good points there. I mean, this week is very easy for the Phillies, though. I just think playing seven no, six games against teams like the Cubs and the Nationals have got to help them out. I mean, if they don't win five, at least five of those games going into Houston, uh, it's going to be trouble for them, especially because the Brewers' schedule is not too daunting right now. They do play the Cardinals at home, but then they get to play the Marlins at home and the D-backs. So this week of baseball is very important for the Philadelphia Phillies. I think they're going to edge it out, not because they're a better team than the Brewers, but I just think this week's schedule playing the Cubs and the the Nationals, I just think it's going to work out for them. Um, And I just think their offense is pretty good. Uh, Their bullpen has improved for the Philadelphia Phillies. And I just think the Brewers weren't consistent enough on the offensive side to have a playoff berth right now. You're right, their pitching's pretty good, but, I mean, it's been a disappointing year for this ball club. They were projected to win the division, and the Cardinals, they've just been playing so well this year. So congrats to the Cardinals. They'll probably win the NL East. But, again, I have uh, the Phillies just squeaking in as the final wild card spot. But other than that, I think it's pretty safe to say the Braves – if they make the playoffs, not if, they will definitely make the playoffs, but they have that first wild card locked, and uh, they have it locked in. And then the San Diego Padres as well, uh, they've sort of played pretty good baseball. They've benefited from the Philly sliding of late. They've snuck into that fifth seed, that number two wild card. And but I just don't really see them doing anything. If they were to play the Braves in a three-game set, they would have no match for them. I don't know what you think about that, though, Tom. Yeah, if I'm a wild card team... I'm really hoping to play the Cardinals because playing the Braves is just going to be a recipe for disaster. I think that's a trap series going to Atlanta or even going to the Mets if the Mets fall into that wild card spot. Those are two division winning caliber teams. I just would not want to face them. I think facing St. Louis would be more advantageous for those last two teams no i agree with you there i think those are really good points st louis sorry i think i said houston oh what were you talking about i think i said houston my bad st st louis if i said houston my bad yeah no worries tom this is a judgment-free zone it's the first podcast we're having some fun um but again those are some really good points um that is the end of the debates that we have for you so now we're going to transition into some quick news um Right now, for the MLB, we got some quick news for you. Again, Albert Pujols, earlier in the week on Friday, hit number 700 uh, in the home run department, 700 home runs. He hit two on the night, both moonshots into left field. Congratulations to Albert Pujols. What's your reaction to that, Tom? I think he's the best hitter of all time. It's as simple as that. Just the ability, I think if he were to not decline as quickly. I think he would have almost 800 home runs. The guy was just on an absolute tear. He had one of the fastest-paced home run careers in his first half of his career, and I think uh, he's just been unbelievable. He's been an ambassador for the game. I think no one else deserves this more than him. Couldn't agree more. I mean, Albert Pujols, he's just been unbelievable, although I have to disagree with you. Uh, being the best hitter of all time, I mean he's just been amazing what he's done this year 21 home runs nearly 60 rbis i didn't even think he'd hit like five home runs this year especially after the way he played with the dodgers um in the 2021 season so i mean he deserves it i saw a poll um at the beginning of the year it said he had an 86 percent chance of not getting to 700 home runs this year uh so all the doubters are going to have to go cry I have to cry about that. Albert Pujols uh, achieved history number four on the list of all-time home runs. Congratulations to him. And again, as we talked about earlier, Aaron Judge looking for number 61 on the year. He's just been unbelievable the entire year. I mean, when do you think he's going to do it? I think he's going to do it. It's just a matter of when. I think he's going to do it against Baltimore. I think Toronto has pitched him pretty well this year, you know. Uh, dancing around him with off-speed. He had that big walk-off three-run blast earlier in the year. Um, I believe it was in May in Yankee Stadium, that big walk-off shot. Um, But other than that, he hasn't really done a whole lot against this Blue Jays squad. Um, So when do you think he'll do it? I think he'll do it in Baltimore. He's mashed their pitching this year, multiple two-home-run games. Uh, That's my prediction. Yeah, I personally don't know exactly when it's going to happen, but I just know it will. I think he's just, the law of averages are just in his favor. I think he's going to get it. He just needs to stay within himself a little bit. And I think he's done a good job. He's had good at-bats. I mean, everyone just is afraid to give him a pitch. This is like the most I've seen someone pitched around since Barry Bonds when he played. So I think it's just we're seeing a generational talent right now. People are trying to navigate it. Nobody wants to be a part on the wrong part of history, so... That's their prerogative. They're going to try and work at that, and I think he's still going to get it, though. It's uh, it's going to happen. Yeah, exactly, and he might honestly crush it, too. He might get, like, 65 um, the way he's been streaking of late. I mean and this is a crazy stat people think they can throw him off speed and dance around him I mean last year only seven home runs off the breaking ball we knew he could hit the hard ball the fastball he had was hitting over 300 um, off 97 mile per hour pitches or higher last season this year he has 21 home runs on off speed 21 compared to seven last year what a huge jump for him that's just sort of epitomizes the historic year he's had. Aaron Judge on the cusp of history. I mean, just, we're running out of uh, imperatives, and just, he's been amazing. That's all I can say about that. All right, so we are going to quickly go through a little too early end of regular season awards. This is partly my favorite when we were planning this show today. I think this is going to be really cool to see who we think is going to come out on top for each award or reward um but let's get let's get after it so the first one the mvp race uh in each league let's start out with the american league who do you got judge move on just move on it's judge judge is going to win it there's no debate you you don't even think otani no one bit not one bit judge is winning in every single offensive category like there's no other way to, to say it like if Otani were to win MVP this year, he would have to win it every year. Then this uh, award is flawed in the most awful way possible. It's, like, Judge needs to win it, and he deserves it more than anyone. So, even you'd say with like the 200, uh, 200 strikeouts that Otani's had, uh, sub 250 ERA, and he's had over 30 home runs, you'd still wouldn't give it to him? Yeah, because he's just slightly outside. The top five in pitching. In, in offensive categories, he's outside the top ten in a few in a few of them. And Judge is the best offensive player. Like, I just don't know what else to say. Like, you can't say anything else. Nah, no, I agree with you, but I love the conviction there. Aaron Judge, your AL MVP. How about the NL? Oof. NL is tough. What do you think? I think Paul Goldschmidt. I think he's got it. He's been, you know, a little steady lately, but... He's hitting like right around 320, uh, 35 homers. He's had a really good year. Um, Nolan Arenado, he could win it too, another player on the Cardinals. But I think Paul Goldschmidt has been steady enough this year where you can give that award to him. Yeah, especially because it's more of an offensive award. Uh, if it were a more balanced award, I think Arenado would have a slightly higher chance. But I think Goldschmidt, he's just been... A juggernaut for that Cardinals offense, just to say the least. And I agree. I think it's Goldschmidt. Yeah, exactly. And I did say reward earlier instead of award It's late. We uh, aren't really good with our grammatical uh, mistakes or corrections right now, but we're getting after it. We're getting after it. We're going to push through. Um, okay, so manager of the year, AL, who do you got? I think, um, I honestly think Brandon Hyde. I think turning this Orioles team around, he has just done an incredible job. I think people are realizing how good of a manager he is right now with this, and he's going to bring this team to the top someday. And I, 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 really think he needs to get some love for what he's done for this Orioles team. Enough said. There, I agree. Let's go to the NL. NL Buck Showalter. Without him, the Mets are not good. The Mets are not a division-winning team without Buck Walter. Really? You think with all that talent, you don't think they'd still win the division? He was the missing piece of the team. They bought million-dollar players, hundreds of million-dollar players the year before, and it didn't pan out. And this year, he steps into the equation, and voila, they're, they're really good. I just think he has been the centerpiece, the, the molding piece of this team. Yeah. And they everyone seems to love him on that roster. No, nah, for sure. Um, I'm going to go with Rob Thompson. I think he's going to be the NL manager of the year at this point. I mean, the Phillies looked dead to rights this year, the way they were playing. It looked like it was going to be another disappointing year. Uh, but Rob Thompson, he's their savior right now. He has them in the final wild card spot right now. Um, they've got a pretty good lineup there. I mean, he's just having them play really good baseball in this second half of the season. Um, Ryan Sheehan, if you're out there, I know you like this pick. Rob Thompson, my NL Manager of the Year. Uh, again, best team in the MLB right now. I feel like there's not much debate for this one. Yeah, the Dodgers, I think top to bottom, incredible pitching. Guys who have emerged on, onto the rotation, like Gonsolin, who have been unreal. Their offense just seems to get better after they give up their really good players. It just doesn't make sense to me how good they are this year and I think they're just gonna be a hard out a hundred percent I think Freddie Freeman too like he's been unbelievable like I mean hitting in the I mean lower threes but just the amount of RBIs he has this year his value with the glove at first base that was a very great acquisition for him uh the Dodgers there uh so yeah they're gonna make some records there as well they're going to probably win over 110 games this year they are a juggernaut they're going to be tough to beat Uh, so the Dodgers I think are clearly the team to beat in the MLB and then with the playoff team uh, that has the most question marks going into October who do you got about two three weeks ago my answer was the Yankees but I think they have silenced those critics the last few weeks winning 15 of their last 20 games I think I'm gonna go with I think I'm going to go with the Phillies just because of their inability to play good defense. And I think the question marks and how consistent their starting rotation is going to be, I just think they're going to be a really, really uh, ambiguous team going in. See, like that's a decent pick, but with me, the Phillies, they're just not good enough to even consider as a team with question marks. I just think their uh, playoff run is going to be very short. I think the Yankees have the most question marks. I mean, what team are we gonna see? The first half team that was 64 and 28. Um, Are we gonna see the team that played in August? Are we gonna see the team that played in September? I don't know. I mean, the bullpen has been up and down. Which clay Holmes are we gonna see in October? I mean, there are just many questions you have to ask if you're a Yankees fan. And I just don't think that's enough uh, for them to beat the Houston Astros in a seven-game series. I hate to say it, but it's getting to that point. And the non-playoff team with the brightest future, who's taking a step forward after this year? Yeah, like we already said, I think the Orioles. I think nobody expected them to finish with a winning record, and here they are. They're about to win 84, 85 games, which is definitely an incredible finish for them, and I think it's only going to get better. Yep, Exactly. Agree with you there. Now we can move on. And the last one, we're going to have a little fun here. Who do you think has the best lettuce in the league? 2022. Boba Bichette. Definitely, I love the flow. It always is moving. He definitely used good, good dandruff. Has good hair care, for sure. <laughs> you stole my pick. You knew I was going to pick that. We were playing the show. You're like, oh, I love Bo You heard me say that. I mean, come on. Now I got to pick something different. I guess I'll go with May, the pitcher on the Dodgers, the ginger. He's got the curly hair. It's a gritty look, but it works for him. He throws 100 miles per hour. Absolute cheddar. I'll give it to him, but secretly I love Bo That hairdo is amazing. Yeah, good to see May back and healthy, absolutely. Oh, for sure. He's going to be huge for that starting pitching. I mean, they are stacked. And imagine if they had Scherzer, too, still on that pitching roster. It would be unbelievable. But, again, those are a little too early end of regular season awards. I mean, those were fun to pick, and... That is pretty much it. The last couple updates we have for you are about Holy Cross sports, specifically the baseball team. Uh, this weekend on Saturday, Holy Cross is hosting an 18-inning uh, little showdown with the Fairfield Stags. The Fairfield University Stags are coming to Fit and Field, and they are playing the Holy Cross baseball team. This is the only scrimmage of the year for the Holy Cross Crusaders. This is, excuse, excuse me, it's their only scrimmage during the fall season. So if you have some time during six-hour window on Saturday, uh, Saturday afternoon, come out, support the Holy Cross Crusaders. Again, they're playing the Fairfield Stags at Fitton Field. So that should be pretty fun. 18 innings of baseball. Probably wouldn't want to see all of that because we got homework, but definitely stop by for a little bit and root for your home team. And then, of course, Tommy and I, We're captains of the Holy Cross Club baseball team. We got a big showdown this weekend with the University of New Hampshire. Uh, We're about five minutes off from campus at Pappas Field. We're playing the University of New Hampshire game one on Saturday at 5.30, and then we have a doubleheader starting at 10.30 on Sunday morning. Uh, We would love it if you guys can come and show out too. After you're watching a little uh, varsity baseball for the Holy Cross Crusaders, come out, watch the club team. It would be greatly appreciated. But a fun weekend of baseball for Holy Cross. Um, If you can come out, that would be greatly appreciated. Again, thank you so much, guys. This was a lot of fun having this first podcast. Uh, We're definitely going to do it again this year, I think. It was a great experience. Um, we'll see what our workloads are like for the rest of the semester. I know the, week, uh, the work is starting to pick up for both of us. Um, but until we do this again, go to Spotify and check out all the great sports shows that WCHC Sports Radio has to offer. Ben Lepper always has a great weekly NFL show with Ben Kuchipudi. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, Ben. Um, And then the second Ben I mentioned, he always hosts a great Holy Cross football preview podcast, and that usually goes up on Saturday mornings. And the show that Ben Lepper hosts is usually on Thursday mornings. So check all those podcasts out on Spotify for WCHC Sports Radio. Type in WCHC Sports Podcast into your search browser on Spotify, and it should be pretty easy to find from there. Again, thank you, everybody. We hope you had as much fun as we did. That was our double take around the MLB, and hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Be great, everybody.